Welcome to another amazing episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only going to sharpen our technical skills, but we're going to learn to become profitable as filmmakers. What's going on, guys? We are live. This time we're going live with the YouTube legend, Devin Supertramp. And that's his name and that's his handle on Instagram as well. Uh, Devin Supertramp, one word. Go check him out. Give him a follow. He's freaking huge and he just joined. So super punctual as well. I'm going to bring him on right now. And Devin is right here. What's going on, brother? We finally meet in person after all these years. (laughs) Yes, dude. I'm so stoked. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. I see the beautiful 18% gray in the back, huh? Only the best for you. And it's a little bit of everything. But yeah, 18% gray. And then the room I edit is actually 100% 18% gray. Dude, so. I'm so jealous of this. It just looks so amazing. It looks so perfect. Brother, Brother. so excited. Um, I, there's, I mean, you need no introduction, but why don't you just for somebody on my side that may or may not know you, uh, just tell us a little bit about who you are first. So let's just do a quick like intro who you are, and then we're going to get into the yep. backstory. Absolutely. So my name's Devin Graham, also known as Devin Supertramp on the internet. I started doing YouTube videos 10 years ago. So just uploading crazy stunts with me and my friends. And then they started getting millions and millions of views. So we have over several billion views throughout social media and almost six subscribers on our main channel on YouTube. And it's just been a wild, crazy ride. But that all started um, 10 years ago and just doing it nonstop ever since. Dude, it is so crazy. I know. I was like, my wife was just like, Devin, like, you know, I'm like, baby, just type in Devin on YouTube. Like, you know, you'll find him and like, just go check out some of the stuff. And she saw the Aladdin one and she's like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Like he did this. And I'm like, it's crazy. The dude has like a knack for just making viral videos. That's one of those things that we're going to talk about too. But anyways, I want to, I want to ask you, so Backstory wise, like, is it one of those things like, you know, Fincher stories that, you know, oh, I had a camera when I was four and I was filming everything. Like, is it is it that for you or how did you get into it? Yeah. So honestly, it's kind of the thing I've always been drawn to. Like my parents back in the day, they had like the big hunking camera, like VHS tape kind of camera. And I was always taking their camera and filming like music videos with my siblings, stop motion with clay animation. Yes. Um, so I've been doing it since I can remember, like almost since I was in diapers, like I'm not even exaggerating. Um, so it's always been like my passion, my love, going to movies like Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, like those are the type of movies I wanted to make. Those were the movies that inspired me to want to make movies. Um, so it's just been fun seeing that transition, but it really is ingrained in who I am. I did go to college for it. I, I dropped out my last year because of YouTube, and then I've been doing YouTube full-time for the last 10-plus years now. Dude, what a crazy freaking life, right? I mean, you know, YouTube, something that I feel like still, I think now people are starting to take it seriously, if you know what I'm talking about. But even up until this point, I feel like people are kind of just resilient, right? Like, they're just kind of like, yes, YouTube is good, but if you want to get serious, like, yes, you can learn a lot from YouTube, but if you want to get serious, like that kind of thing. So where do you sit with that? Yeah, so I remember while I was going to film school, everyone wanted to make the big Hollywood, big screen movies, right? And once I started doing YouTube, everyone was like, you're wasting your time. Like, who who really watches YouTube? But honestly, those are the people the people that were saying that kind of stuff that I end up hiring all the time um, because they can't find work, you know? So it's like YouTube has given me massive opportunities. Like the companies I always like looked up to that I love, like Nintendo, Subaru, Assassin's Creed, like these huge franchises. I've had the opportunity to direct like nationwide TV spots for them. Yeah. So it's definitely much more power to do like bigger stories with much bigger budget. So that's been really exciting kind of seeing that transition from just making little YouTube videos. I just tell everybody that I'm like, guys, it, it, let's not overcomplicate it. I look at YouTube as a real time portfolio. Somebody's just watching you in real time, like how you actually work. You know, like how if I were to do tutorials and stuff like that, like Andrew Kramer went on and did huge stuff because again, it was like when I was watching him, like watching his tutorials, it was just like, okay, this is what's going through this dude's head. He's legit. Uh-huh. If I can afford him, I want to hire him. So what better way to like put yourself out there than like, you know, a, a smoke and mirror, like demo reel or something like that, that we're just so like, 
it's like a commercial. If it's too high end, like, you know, I'm just going places, but it's like my, my Facebook ads, the ones that really bang and make me the most money are the ones where I'm holding a phone and talking to people compared to the ones that are really well produced. Because as soon as you see something that is just like really freaking glossy, you feel like I can't touch it. It can't be real. You know, so I feel like there is this new trend where people are like coming back around and it's just really interesting. And that's why I was so excited to have you to kind of get insight on that. And like, yes, like you talked about working with companies like Nintendo and things like that. So let's pick one, pick your favorite experience and kind of talk about what was that like? Yeah. So one of my first like bigger brand deals was with a company called Ubisoft. They make like Assassin's mm -hmm. Creed, Watchdog and far cry so i kind of talked to them about doing a video for them and they're like kind of hesitant well we just do video gameplay videos so i was like okay that's cool i'm still a fan of the the game i'm gonna go ahead and make my own fan film so i went ahead and made my own fan film essentially it was just a guy in a costume assassin's creed costume jumping around doing parkour throughout the city that i live salt lake city and i uploaded that to youtube and then that ended up getting i want to say eight million views in the first seven days and it brought so much traction to their Facebook page and to their website that they were like, we could physically see the difference that your video made. We would love to hire you to do the next Assassin's Creed promo video, you know? Wow. So essentially going out and proving myself, then they ended up hiring me for like, I want to say roughly like eight or nine other big projects. We got the whole Ubisoft franchise. But it just started with me being a fan of the game and then me going out to do my own fan film, my own dime. And I was doing it for really cheap. Like, don't think you have to go and spending thousands and thousands of dollars. Like, I probably spent like $300 on it total. Jesus. And then say, roughly now it has around 90 million views on YouTube. It ended up getting like 200 million views on Facebook. And it created so many massive opportunities for me just going out and funding something dirt cheap. And I shot that video on a Canon 5D Mark II. So it wasn't like high-end cinema cameras, you know, but it was just using the resources I had and making something good and opportunities came from it. Okay, so this is amazing. This is going to lead me into one of the questions that we have here. You said that it was sort of like you have to create a spec, you know, like spec yep. film, like to kind of hand it off to them and be like, what do you think? Or not even hand it off to them. You just put it out on your channel and then yep. you. this is how you grabbed them. And I feel like... It takes a certain amount of confidence and certain uh, certain amount of almost naivete too to just know that, you know, let me just do it. I know it like it's going to work. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Somebody asked that my biggest problem is that, you know, as soon as I create something and I'm about to upload to YouTube, like I, it just never happens because, you know, self-doubt, uh, imposter syndrome, and I hate myself looking, you know, like looking myself, yeah. you know, in the camera. So... Have you ever experienced any of those things or you're just gifted? You never had to deal with any of that. And if you did, how did you overcome it? Luckily, I'm gifted. I never have to worry about there it. There you go. <laughs> Boom. No, the, the reality is every video, even now, 10 years later of doing YouTube, I am terrified, even more so now, because I feel more people are kind of anticipating or watching to see what are we going to do next. So every time I upload something right before, I have the most doubt in the world. And I like, I'm so terrified. I'm scared. And a lot of times those are some of my biggest hitters. Um, and then sometimes they fail, but it's also knowing like, I'm gonna have to face rejection sometimes, no matter how good you are, the best filmmakers, even in Hollywood, they face the same thing. But every upload I do, I am absolutely terrified. I never go in with full confidence. Um, I'm always second guessing every little thing. I'm changing every little thing all the way up until the video has to be uploaded. So it is a constant process of figuring it out. But what I have learned, is that a lot of times you just have to set a date and say, no matter what, this video is going to go live on this date and have nothing that stops you. And then you go live and you're going to learn from that video. Okay, people love this, but they hate this. And then you use that feedback for the next video you do. But it's a constant process of constantly learning, constantly failing. And then every so often, I mean, that's a good thing about constantly uploading is you get to learn substantially faster than if you're taking six years to make one project. Dude, this, this is gold right there. My my older brother, who's like super shy, you know, has been in IT for like 17, 18 years. And uh, now he wants to do like YouTube stuff. And he's trying to like even push his company to kind of go in that direction. And, you know, like right now he's going through the thing like where he's having these conversations. Yeah. And he's like, dude, it's so hard. Like, I just can't do it. I hate myself on camera. Like, you know, you let me do presentations where it's just screen flow. I can do it all day long as soon as I put my face to it. But then when he puts his face to it, like those videos are getting so much more 
like attraction compared to like the, you know, screen flow ones. And I'm like, people in this day and age want that connection. It just doesn't matter, man. You sound awkward, like whatever. People overlook all that. Like, you know, we, even like my son, like, you know, they're just so in tune to consuming content and they're so mature compared to yep. like where we were like 10, 15 years ago that they get it, you know, they're catching it. My big thing is that, you know, when I listen to you and you go like, I shot that Assassin's Creed with Canon 5D, that's another question that I have right here, that people are just like, I'm ready to do something, but I don't have a good camera. I'm ready to do something. I want to learn Resolve, but I don't have the right software or, or I don't have the right hardware or stuff like that. So do you have any suggestion for that when you were starting out? Like, how did you overcome those obstacles? Yeah, so when I started my channel, I didn't own a camera. Um, I was a poor college struggling student. So I was borrowing other people's cameras. So the first 10 videos on our channel were all shot without me owning any kind of camera gear. So I was borrowing a Canon T2i and a Canon 5D Mark II as like A camera, B camera when I could. And those were just cameras my friends owned at college. And I was just asking around, hey, does anyone have a camera I could borrow? I'll return the favor some other way, however I can. Right. So I was borrowing their cameras for the first 10 videos. And then from there, I was able to start making money where I could then put that money into actually making my own camera purchases. And then I just ended up buying a Canon 5D Mark II. And then from there, I went from the Canon 5D Mark II to Mark III to Mark IV, and then now we film everything on the red, Monstro and Helium, which we actually were filming this morning, so I have the camera just yeah. here. But honestly, it's just use whatever camera resource you have. And that's the wonderful thing about YouTube is some of the most watched videos were done on a phone, like not super fancy stuff. And I mean, that's one of the things I've learned is a lot of our most watched videos were filmed on the cheaper cameras because I feel they connect more with the general audience. Now, right. for me, have a little disclaimer what i have learned is I'm, if i'm constantly filming on the same camera for 10 years straight i'm not pushing myself as far as a filmmaker and storyteller so that's why i personally upgraded because i'm working my way towards that hollywood kind of feel right. and for me to push myself i do need to be advancing with the cameras but as you guys are starting out whatever camera you can use definitely do that because it's all about ideas at the end of the day it's not about what camera you're using it's about connecting with people and using ideas that are unique an original that kind of springboard your careers as far as that's what's happening for me. That is just so important. And I feel like that's one thing that I keep bringing up to people that, you know, sometime, you know, somebody will leave a comment that used to bug me a lot. Now it doesn't anymore, but on YouTube and they'll be like, Kazi, well, you created this Mad Max look and, you know, like the footage that you're using is pretty easy to grade it, like, and make it look anything. Can you take an iPhone footage and make that look like something? And I just want to be like, dude, if you have clients that are making you grade iPhone footage, which has never happened in my entire life, you probably don't want to work with those clients. It's like, you know, what field are you in and what kind of stuff you're working yeah. on? When I was learning color grading, everybody was showing me how to grade a DVX, you know, 100 or 200 video, like Panasonic DVX 100. I don't know if you ever used those or not. And I was always like, why are you showing me to grade this? I want to learn how to grade red footage or Alexa footage. So eventually when the big dog comes to my door and I have to work on that, I know exactly how to work with that stuff. So ultimately what I want to say is that I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, I think sometimes we just go to our default, which is coming up with some of these excuses to not do not attack what we really want to do. But ultimately, you know what you said, you have to start now. So six years later, when you look back, of course, everything is going to be cringy. When I look at my YouTube videos, the last 40 videos, I want to delete right now. Like I want to make them unlisted. Like they are so terrible, dude. Like my wife always said in the beginning when I started doing YouTube and she's like, baby, why do you always whisper like in your videos? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you're always whispering. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And dude, now when I go back and watch those, I'm like, oh my God, can I please just make like unlist them? But I know. Gary V like of the worlds will kill me. So I will never do it, but you know what uh -huh. I mean? So it's like practice yeah. makes perfect, right? You got to do that. No, and honestly, when I look back, even a year from now, when I look at that footage I shot that we released, like even that stuff to me, most of that is super cringy as well. So it's like even six months, a year, wow. it's like, but if you're not doing anything, you're not constantly learning. But like, we'll release stuff in the next couple months where I'm not like the most proud of it, but it was pushing me to be a better filmmaker. And I'm going to learn from that process. I want to, uh, dude, 
like 1 billion percent. And I feel like that's the fun part about filmmaking that every single day, like, you know, how I look at my studio and it's like every day I'm making upgrades is because I'm finding out new things. I'm educating myself and I'm like, okay, this could be a better combination. Like, let's try this. Let's try that. Um, I want to jump into this one thing that I personally struggle with, and I'm sure other people are struggling with that too. And it's like when you started out, when you made that Assassin's Creed video, like you're basically a producer, you're a director. I'm, I'm assuming you're a cinematographer, you're a concept developing the whole thing. You're doing all of it when, you know, in this day and age, when we're starting out, it's not so much like let's pick one and, you know, you're like the traditional sense, like you're a cinematographer, that's it. That's where it stops. People like to do many things in this day and age, and it's kind of like a common thing. So my thing, what happens to me personally, I can only speak for myself, is that I sometimes feel myself that I'm, you know, uh, spreading myself too thin. Like I'm just getting to a point where, you know, I'm coming up with concepts. I got to put out one to two videos a week. I got to do posts once a day. I got to go live. I got Like I got to do so much. So I feel like, but the thing is, I want to. The thing is that I, it's impossible for me to give up control. And I feel like, you know, you're probably, you feel the same way. So when it comes to that, how for you, like 10 years ago to now, where do you sit right now? Like, are you just producing? Are you just doing one thing? Or are you still very granularly involved in things? Yeah. So my focus in film school was cinematography. So like, that was like my main skill set. But after that, like anyone that needs or wants to survive on social media, you have to be able to do everything. Like you said, like you have to hold every hat. I know that's not a traditional Hollywood scene, but if you're going to survive on social media, you have to be an editor. You have to be a director, a cinematographer, um, concepts. So for me, I'd say the first couple years, I was kind of doing things solo. Now, absolutely, I was still having help and support. And I'd post on Facebook, hey, I love another camera guy, anyone interested. And I didn't have a budget at that time. So Luckily and gratefully, I had a lot of people that were willing to donate their time to help, but people would be jumping on cameras and helping capture different angles, especially when it was a bigger stunt. And then from there, once we started getting brand deals and started growing that way and making AdSense through YouTube and other revenue streams, um, then I was able to start hiring other people and a team. But I'd say for the first five years, roughly, I was just running everything out of my house. But now we, we have our own office, our own studio. So we yes. have an editor there, a director editor over there up there and then back there with, with all our gear and everything yeah. so we're, we're much bigger than we used to be um covid's kind of changed things a little bit as well which is a whole nother conversation but um for me now for me to create the best product i need a team behind me but starting off absolutely you're kind of doing everything solo but eventually as you build your brand as you take more or make more money, then you're able to actually hire more people so you can grow faster and create better um, content. Okay. Now, I mean, it makes so much more sense. Like I was, uh, I was watching something from MKB and, you know, HD and how he's talking about like, now he's gotten to a point where he has a script writer and like, he'll go into a room, like he's working on something and then they figure out like, okay, like let's slash this because this is not so much my voice. Let's, adds a little bit of that so then yep. it's a little bit more me and then like you know fine and yes exactly i feel like personally i'm at a point where i need to learn to kind of give control you know what i mean like i feel like you just you get so close to your personal brand or that thing that you're just like no it can't be like i'll just sleep for two hours but i'll do everything myself and it's just not sustainable you know over time so i think it's a great tip that if you can, like you should, like, you know, just kind of give it like this is how I'm seeing like what you're doing, like where you're just like expanding and you're OK with giving that control because you trust your team that they're going to m- make the right decision. You know, Yeah, and, I, and part of it, too, is surrounding yourself with people that can not only push yourselves, but also they understand your brand. So if I send somebody out to another location, they can create something that has a similar tone visually, story wise, that if someone watches it, they're not going to know if I filmed it or somebody else just because it. it's still on brand um so it's also figuring out the right people that are a good fit for our team with what we're trying to create no dude like just the truth like i mean and it's just it's the right direction it's huge and i want to lead to from that like taking the team aspect into this um i genuinely actually feel like when i'm watching your videos and your newer videos it's like it it feels like you just figured out the sauce like you figured out whether it's humans or whether it's youtube and I kind of want to just ask you, like, is are making like viral videos a thing or now you just have developed a knack, you know, by doing this for 10 years to kind of know that I'm going to create this and it's going to bang? 
No, I, I think it's still kind of hit or miss or some of the videos where I was like 100% confident this video is going to blow up on the internet, nothing happens. And then I'll do like a last minute idea where I'll put like two hours into the video essentially. And then that video ends up getting like 10, 15 million views. And I'm like, why did that do so well when I put so much money in this other one and so much time and thought? So there is definitely like a calculation and thought that goes into a lot of the viral videos, but sometimes it's just a complete surprise or maybe I upload it nothing happens. And then five months later, then all of a sudden it blows up randomly. Um, so it, it is hit. I'd say like the times of the year, like there's just so many factors. And if YouTube is favoring us in the algorithm for certain reasons, there's just so much even out of our own control. But it's like, if I'm not creating and putting it out there, there's not even a chance that something might pop up or go viral. But a good example is like our, we did a big Fortnite video and we're like, we felt very confident. This is going to go super viral, super big. We put a lot of money into it, time, ton of actors, did it professionally. We uploaded it, it went live, and then it hardly got any views for like the first three or so weeks. And we were like destroyed. But then all of a sudden, like after those three weeks, it got somehow in the algorithm. And then all of a sudden it skyrocketed and it got like almost a million views the next day. So it's like, just because you upload something and it's not super well received right at the start, there's always a chance that it can pop up later down the road. So it just kind of, I wish I understood a little bit better, but that's just the way it is. Dude, that is a crazy win. And that video is epic. Um, I feel like um, I want to like, you know, catch up on everything, like all my work. And I want to dedicate like one day to just go through the list of like all your popular videos and just watch them on big screen because they look so great. It's just so fun. It's so addicting. Like it's just, I can just see myself when I see the views. I'm like, I can see how it gets so many views and like, you know, how it can be shared and all that. So, um, I want to, I want to ask you this, like, that's one of the questions that we got is that somebody is asking that, Hey, I'm kind of, I, I want to start a YouTube channel and I'm kind of split between, um, what's more important. Should I be smart and create content that's sort of trending or like in my field? Yeah. Or should I create content that I just feel like it, even if it's like how to set up like, you know, your IO box, Ultra Studio Blackmagic box or something like that. So, I mean, what's when somebody is starting out, what's important? Let's just I feel like let's answer it practically. So also keeping in mind that there's so much resistance going in when somebody is starting a YouTube channel, maybe a pressure from the family and everything. Like, why are you wasting time here? Why don't you spend that time and like, you know, toward your goal, blah, blah, blah. So let's yep. keep all those things in mind. And then I want to hear your answer on that. Yeah. So I'd say part of it, and there's no easy answer to this, but I do feel regardless, whatever you're doing, if you're starting a new social media channel, your first social media channel is it has to be something you genuinely love. Let's just say it takes off for whatever reason. It doesn't take off necessarily at the start, but three months later is people are going to expect you to continue to do that type of content. And if you just did it because it was a trending topic, but you actually hate everything that that stands for, then it's going to be hard to constantly keep on doing that over and over again. Um, so for me, I mean, it's been a good thing and a bad thing where I try and create only things I'm really excited and passionate about. And if I see a trend, I still try and go that way, but I try and discover more about that, do my research. So I'm generally a fan of what I'm trying to create because that's really what connects with people. Um, I think another thing is, like you said, like making it practical, realistic, like, is it something that you can devote 30 hours, 60 hours plus of your life a, a week, a month for that matter, too? So that's always stuff you have to ask yourself. But I mean, we do go off of, OK, this looks like a t trending thing. But with that being said, I say about 50 percent of the time now. Um, I put my time on things that I'm just passionate about, even though I know it's not going to do super well on the Internet. But they're more of like personal projects where it's something I really care about. Like we've done a lot of mini documentaries over the last year, and I know they're not going to blow up all the Internet, but I know they're going to make me better filmmakers, better storytellers as far as the uh, documentary style. So it's trying to find a mixture of both. But, for example, if I can have something go viral, of something I don't necessarily super passionate about, it's going to bring an audience to the things that I really cared about. Yep, dude, it's so freaking good. And I feel like getting yourself in a position where you have the luxury to kind of take these risks is just the best part about this life, right? Like instead of like the traditional nine to five route, because here we can do that. And one of my, you know, like advice that I gave to people about this, like that are kind of stuck in that world is, you know, you actually can do both. You just have to put in twice the amount of effort because you can put out one sort of like kind of like a trending video. What what 
the how to grade yeah. A7S 3 footage. Like if I were to drop how to grade, how to get the best image out of A7S 3 video, I know it's gonna bang, but I am that like crazy uh -huh. guy that I'm just like, no, I'm just sticking with like what my plan is. Like I'm gonna keep going with that. Like, you know, yeah. everybody's like requesting like, Kazi, what about A7, like do a, you know, A7S versus A7S 3 versus like C300 Mark III, like, you know, which, and I feel like those can bang, but for me, you know, I have a game plan, I'm building a brand, I'm working toward that, but I feel like somebody else out there, you can do both. You can make videos that you really wanna make and then do one and one, one and one, one and one, and just see what happens. Then you can really get like that thing out that you wanna put out and how you want your brand to be perceived and then like do something that you know is gonna have that virality that's gonna keep you coming back to it because you have to win. I feel like if you're just not winning, you can do it for a month or two months and that's it, you're, then you're gonna stop. It really breaks my heart, but I've seen many of my friends that I got super pumped and they started their YouTube channels and their content is even good, but it's just not hitting it right, right so far. And it's like after two, three, four yeah. months, like, you know, the freaking gas is out and they're just like, all right, dude, like, you know, they don't even say it, but they just, the fire is gone, you know? So to those people, I say, you can do half and half. So if you want to pick up a few followers and pick up like that, you know, momentum, you can make videos like that, like hot topics, but then still do the things that you love. I want to, I want yeah, to go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Or go ahead. No, 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 go. Oh, I was going to say, when you're starting, for us because of because our whole business has been based off of traveling international so obviously with covid it's it's it doesn't work so well so we started a new channel the last five months it's called visual escape and all it is is like relaxing videos and same thing for us is we didn't really tell a whole lot of people about it but it's been a long like process as far as building a brand new channel from scratch and we upload daily on that channel even now and it's been like a little discouraging the first three months it like it was just straight but over the last two weeks all of a sudden it was going like this and now all of a sudden it's skyrocketing yes. but like seeing that but it just it time like anything really worth having takes time yes. and that a lot of times for youtube or instagram that can take six months of grinding non-stop so that's why you have to be excited about it you have to be passionate about it otherwise you're going to get burned out substantially faster right and, and exactly, you can't be chasing like, oh, like this guy's doing it and he's blowing up. Like, why isn't my stuff working? Like, you can't really go about it like that. I was lucky enough to hit it hard with social media because um, from my business, I had enough like, you know, capital coming in where I'm just like, it doesn't matter. Like I work from home, yep. I have colorists, I can't like have subcontractor, like, you know, people take care of this for now. Let me focus on like what I'm creating here. Even if I take right. a one year sabbatical from like my clients personally, it's okay because the company is still connected with them. We're still taking in work and then I can spend one year building this personal brand and then find my balance eventually, you know? So I feel like if, Absolutely. if you just, if you come up with a plan first, then when you attack it, it's a lot easier because you just know the end game. Um, I wanna ask you this. What's your thoughts on the traditional route? And when I say the traditional route, it's like, you know, it's starting from the bottom and put in your time and then you become something. Yep. What do you think of that in 2020? Yeah, so I think that's a thing of the past, honestly. Um, one of my favorite YouTubers, um, in the earlier days, Mr. Guitar Man, guy from Brazil, and I heard him speak publicly. And what what he said is he wanted to direct like TV commercials, so he started YouTube. And within two years, he was directing a nationwide TV commercial for McDonald's. If he would have done the traditional Hollywood, working as a PA and slowly working your way up, that would not have happened in two years. And the same thing happened for me. I'd say almost within a year, I got to direct a nationwide TV commercial for a camera company from doing YouTube videos. So whether it's YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, like each one of those has opportunities to grow a lot faster, get noticed because you're not competing with who has like the most um, nicest gear. It's about creativity and who can come up with the best unique ideas. Like that's what you're competing with. So you're competing with your mind, which I think is like a really cool thing because it's even the playing field as far as creating much bigger opportunities for people that don't have a ton of like actual resources. Dude, it's, I mean, just to, add to that like i ever since i started doing like this whole thing like instagram youtube my personal brand like 
I feel like that kid that I was when my dad got us PlayStation 1. Like, I couldn't go to bed, right? Like, I mean, I go to bed and I'm like, oh, my God. Or the week felt like seven years because I just wanted it to be the weekend. So, like, I can just get every second in. And this, at my age, 34, like, this is how I feel right now. I'm so freaking jazzed up because every single ounce of creativity and passion that goes into something is for, like our empire like you know my wife and I like what we're building it's like it's it's ours you know and like if we want to help people and what I genuinely think that you know can really help somebody get to the next level then I do that there is nobody above me that tells me well let's hold on to that information like until next year or the year after that or you know how it is and I feel like for me at least it was a lot of that crushing your like that that thing that gut gut feeling that makes everybody who they are like Elon Musk is who Elon Musk is because he's his own boss he wouldn't be that if he was working under Bill Gates or anybody like that so it's like you know you kind of have to get a head start on that in 2020 you can't really put give your reins to someone I feel like you really this is like a this is a very important conversation. This is the conversation. The reason why I was so pumped to bring you on is what better way to bring a practitioner, somebody that's literally killing the game here to say that, to give people permission that might be on the other end, like listening to us right now and kind of be, kind of be up in the air. You know, they might look at my channel and my blow up and look at it and be like, okay, that's a one-off deal. But then bringing somebody like yourself who's been doing it for a decade, now that's a track record, right? Somebody can really hit a home run for a year, but then they can just like plummet and yeah. be gone. But for what you've created, this like should give people hope to see that, okay, if you attack it right, like, this is it. This is the game plan. So I've spoken at a couple different events. And then um, what's happened afterwards is I found out like a year later, people were that were in that room, they went out and created their own YouTube channels. And then they are making a living doing it. And for me, like when I hear those stories, the difference between them and everyone else in the audience, is they're just willing to work extremely hard. Yeah. Um, it's not always like the most unique, crazy idea. It's like, okay, I hear it. I learn it, I'm going to apply it, and I'm going to dedicate the next year of my life to it or next six months or whatever it is. And it's just really awesome seeing, like, it can be done even now when there's so many people trying to have their voices heard on the internet, on social media. It's still constantly being done, and it's always being done by people that are just extremely passionate and extremely hardworking, and they're willing to figure things out, and they're willing to fail. That's the other big thing, because even me, I'm failing constantly. Like, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I'm, I'm failing every week. But I'm learning from that and I'm getting back up and I'm taking what I learn and then I'm applying it. So then eventually I'm going to succeed again. Um, so it's just, it's just awesome seeing that firsthand from people. Like we're giving you guys the resources, the tools. Now apply right. that. Like look at the people you look up to, apply what they're doing and you're going to see success. I want to ask you this. I want to, I do want to touch base and go a little bit deeper on what you just said. Like two weeks ago, like, you know, say if you failed at something, Let's talk about how do you get up because everybody has their own coping mechanism, right? So like sometimes when I'm in the zone, it's not hard for me. I'm just like, okay, okay, bring it, bring it, bring it. Like I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, like I'm in the ring. Sometimes it's not that easy. Sometimes where I start sleeping for 12 hours and I don't really look forward to getting up that day because it's like, whatever, dude. Like, I mean, that like really knocked me out. So I guess... Yep. I want to hear your thought, like somebody who's experienced like the, you know, ups and downs and all that. Like when, when you go down now, like what's your, how do you come back yeah, up? Absolutely. So we have another channel called Team Super Tramps on YouTube. It's essentially a behind the scenes channel. And we upload videos roughly once a week. Now I'd say since COVID, we started kind of uploading different kinds of content on that channel, which our audience was not used to. When we started doing that, we started getting a lot of hate, like not just like a lot, but like substantial enough where emotionally like makes me almost want to cry where I come home. It's like the worst day in the world. Mm. And the views have dropped substantially on that channel because we're trying new things that we're excited about, but our audience isn't excited about it. So we're trying to figure out this like balance of how do we make our audience want to still be invested in us, but also things that push us as filmmakers, as human beings. And we still haven't figured that out. Like we're still figuring out what that looks like. Um, for, for me though, when I feel and read those comments and the views drop substantially, I say, okay, what can I learn from this? And then I usually block the people that are just like straight up rude comments. Right. right? right. And then I'm, 
that knowledge though and okay what can i do this week that i'm still excited about it but it really just comes down to is committing that i'm going to figure this out and this may not be figured out over the next couple of weeks like this might take some time in our case it's, it's taken six months to figure it out and we still haven't figured it out but i think the thing that keeps me going is i know that there's potential there we've done it before and we'll do it again and just figuring out kind of how to do that. So we're constantly experimenting. We're constantly doing different things and saying, okay, they love that, but they hated this, but we love doing this. So how, how, how we kind of have everyone happy. And it's, I mean, once that we can figure that out, then it's going to be a super win. Right. Um, but it's, it's been kind of a, a trial and error, but through that it, it's created bigger opportunities. Um, one of those ways is we've started doing like stock footage stuff that's starting to do well. Um, and that's happened from seeing feedback of, okay, people didn't like this. So we're going to shift gears and we're going to try something new here. That's dude, this is crazy. And I want to ask you this because this seems like a freaking superpower. First of all, having multiple channels and be running it like a team or not having a team or not, it still takes a lot of effort. So how do you divide like time between what's profitable, like say the parkour videos or whatever, like what actually bangs and is going to make you money and, and get your name out there compared to this, like behind the scenes and then yep. the travel videos. I mean, uh, you can tell me there's much more than that, but I mean, it, what I picked up, like, you know, say yeah. these are the three like worlds that you switch between back and forth. How do you divide it? How do you work it out? Like guys this week we're doing X, Y, and Z. How does it go? I would say as far as talking about channels only, those three channels, 99% right. of the money we make as a business comes from Devin Supertramp. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that's where most of our focus is on the, the videos that aren't making us any money because of COVID. That's part of it because we yeah. can't travel. Yeah. The other thing is long-term because everything we do is long-term. We're not doing it because we're going to make a paycheck this week or this month. It's how does it look three years from now, five years from now? And for me, this new channel we started, that has the biggest potential over time to crush it. More than anything else, where my name doesn't have to be attached to that, where I don't have to be traveling all around the world, right. but this channel can survive on its own with or without me. And as far as like stock footage, as far as views, um, long time, or as far as um, runtime on a video, that has the most potential, even though right now it's hardly making us anything. Um, we're putting way a lot more money into that than what we're making, but long term, We'll make a lot more. So it's all about the bigger picture, the bigger goal. And I feel with anything I do, most of the time, it's with that mindset. One of my favorite quotes is, the difference between a rich man and a poor man is a poor man plans for the weekends and a rich man plans four years in advance. So I've, I've tried yeah. to apply that, but I think it's true. Like, while I was going to film, or film school, like, my friends were partying on the weekends, and on the weekends, I was, like, learning everything I could about filmmaking. Yeah. And it's carried over it's everything's long term though that's where you'll start seeing that success but you won't see it right at the start but over time 100 percent, dude that's the most beautiful thing like two days ago i watched this documentary on jeff bezos um uh, you know I, i'm just like nonfiction is my thing like i'm all about like give me some data give me some facts like i want to i want to download it in my brain and then like you know spit it out like in a moment like this and i'm watching uh jeff bezos you know, he writes this memo to all his in investors, like early days of Amazon. So he writes this letter and he says, like, just think about the balls on this guy. He writes a letter and tells his audience or tells his investors that, hey, we will fail for the next 20 years. Like we will be in, like we will be owing money. So just keep the money coming. I will need money for 20 years. But at the end, like in single line, he writes like next paragraph, he goes, you know, we have to look at the long term, you know, yep. and then he continues. But dude, it's so crazy because I don't know if you remember, but like early on, like in 1999, in 2003, like Amazon was going to shut down. Like they were just failing. Yep. They were losing so much freaking money and just look at it, what's happening. So this is so refreshing to hear from you that and dude, dude, I see the potential when I'm clicking on those 8K videos and I'm watching them. I'm like, whoa, dude, I know what he's on. Like. It is crazy. It's like crazy to the point where Apple goes, hey, like give us license to these videos. We would just want to run yeah. them as like our screensaver on Apple TV, you know, kind of thing. Well, well, just to add to that. So you say the whole thing with 8K, like we upload our videos, most of them in 8K. And people are like, well, why do you do that? No one has 8K TVs. But we've licensed so much of our 8K content where like Samsung, like these big TV companies are paying to use our footage for the next year. I mean, those are usually really good paychecks. So yes. it's all long, 
like, okay, 4K, 8K. We were filming 4K when no one else was filming 4K on YouTube. But most of our footage we license out is 4K footage. So everything we do, it's always the bigger picture, like you said, with Amazon. Like, it's, it's always big-term goals. And that doesn't happen instant. And these investments are always going to give you like that punch in the gut. And you're going to be like, oh, man, like, you know, I am confident that it's going to pan out. But let's just hope that it pans out. Like, I mean, I just dropped like, you know, over 30K on a freaking like professional grading monitor. Yeah. And, and that's an HDR monitor. Right. And people are just like, how often are you getting requested, like requested to, be, you know, grade HDR? I'm like, not very often for one, because I don't sell myself as like I can grade HDR because I don't have a mastering monitor and two this is where we're headed like i can see it in one to two three years where youtube will have better integration and as soon yeah. as youtube and vimeo type of platforms that have better integration of hdr because like right now they don't right right now you can do like the pq curve which is kind of like half in half out it's not dolby vision where it can separate the hdr to sdr like metadata where it can kick it in in whichever. So like right now I can't do trims. So I'm not uploading my videos, you know, because if if it's on YouTube, it's sort of like a, you know, watered down version in SDR and then HDR can look good, but still not full on HDR. So right. I'm like, I'm preparing myself for that. So it's a huge investment, but it gives me a leg up. You know what I mean? So by the time we get to that, like I'm already a freaking veteran in that industry. So it's important to kind of invest in yourself and take those chances. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I saw your post, too, about the Mac Pro you bought. Is this the same thing, like putting money where you can make more money? Like anything we make, it's not going to have like a fancy car or a fancy house. Yes. It's a bunch of that will push us as filmmakers that will create bigger opportunities. Right. I want to I wanna ask you about, let's talk about a little bit about monetization. Um, I, you don't have to get too technical about it, but I feel like it will help people that are looking into doing something on social media because I think a lot of people get confused like so okay so my only money is like uh, on ads on YouTube or is there any other way so what's your strategy usually and what can you recommend for somebody that's like starting out yeah so as far as YouTube and Facebook we have both of those platforms monetized people always say like well how much money do you make per view it doesn't really work as simple as that like during christmas time you'll actually make a lot more money because advertisers are spending a lot more money to try and have you make purchases for christmas so kind of the views fluctuate but as far as our business model we have um adsense through youtube through facebook we have stock footage that we're doing and then we have brand deals so someone like subaru or audi they come to us and say hey we'll give you x amount of dollars i would say about 80 percent of our profit as a company is devin super tramp is our team comes from brand deals. COVID shifted things, so now most of our money is coming from, from AdSense, but most of the time on a normal year, it's coming from brand deals. And then we also have our own product, so Glidecam, it's like an image stabilizer that I use for all of my shots. Yeah. They have our, our own Devin Graham Signature Series Glidecam, so every one of those that sells, they also send me a check in the mail. So nice. we have kind of those different um, sources of revenue that have been awesome for us. And like another example is like, we'll have like Amazon music bed, which is like a music licensing company. We have like affiliate links for these companies as well. So we'll make a little bit from that as well. Um, just by doing that. So that's just really smart that, you know, you have to, and hopefully that that was an amazing answer and people like, you know, kind of let it soak in and understand what that means that, you know, multiple streams of income, like, uh, just a five minute YouTube video where some kid is talking about multiple streams of income is different than, you know, what you're talking about, because this is what's happening. That's exactly the roadmap that you're taking. And I feel like it's important for people to understand that if you are a YouTuber slash filmmaker, there are these avenues that you can take. And then, like you said, dude, the biggest attraction for me is that ever since I started doing this, like black magic reaching out or or you know lg reaching out sending a freaking tv like companies that i genuinely love and care yep. about it just feels really good to be like now i'm in touch with their freaking marketing director like that's that's really cool man that's cool to me that's more cool to me than like you know me just being like stuck in some room after i put in 11 years of being a freaking pa and runner and x y and z and now i got to a point where i become a junior colorist somewhere like i mean it just that's never been an attraction to me like i always say that i'm a businessman first i'm an artist second i love doing what i do but it's more than that i want to inspire people i want to get those people that are kind of stuck in their shells get them out so then they can have like you know what they really want and i feel like 
social media gives us that. A lot of people look at social media as like, a lot of people look at free things that if it's free, then it's not helpful. Like one of the things yeah. I tell people, I'm like, I'm doing you a favor selling you my course because if I give it to you for free, it's going to collect dust. You're never going to watch it. But when you drop in $700 or $1,000, I'm sure you're going to be watching the F out of it, you know, because you just paid yeah. for it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I want to ask you this. So let's talk about your creative process. Let's not talk about cameras or anything like that. From day one, you know, Devin 10 years ago to Devin now, how much your actual creative process has changed, like from start to finish? It's honestly almost the same. I wouldn't say it's like, I don't know if that's a good. Or that's a bad amazing. Thing. No, that's amazing. But it really just comes down to finding things around me that inspire me. So a good example is, and, and a lot of times like my inspiration comes from social media. So around Christmas time, like six, seven, eight years ago, I saw a post of puppies with a Christmas box and it had like a crazy amount of likes. So I was like, what if I took that idea and I made a video of cute puppies coming out of Christmas boxes with the Christmas tree? And I, I upload that and it ended up blowing up on YouTube, Hallmark and all this like Good Morning America, like every one of these massive TV stations. They all featured video that we filmed for zero dollars because I just filmed it at someone's house. I posted on Facebook, say I'm looking for puppies. So a friend responded and it just came from inspiration from what someone else had done. But then I took that idea from a photo and made it my own and made it more unique within my own style of filming and how I how I capture things. But I mean, that process of where my inspiration comes from, it's just using social media. A lot of times you're going online and seeing trends or things. OK, this video game is coming out this month. What I do a Mario parkour video based on this game that's coming out. And then that video usually does perform really well. So it's just looking at the internet for inspiration, taking those ideas and saying, okay, this is a good idea. How can I make it my own and how can I make it unique? So it's been a fun process. The only thing I guess I, the biggest change now is now most of the time we have much bigger budgets because okay. we have like sponsors or brands behind us saying, okay, we can give you X amount of dollars. So like, okay, what's something I've always wanted to do? Cause we, I mean, that's what happened for us is, the Super Bowl came to us and said, hey, we'd love for you to do a Super Bowl commercial. What do you want to do? What's your dream project? You just have to have football involved. So I'm like, what if we did a football play out the back of a military airplane? No one ever done it before. Um, so they're like, okay, let's do it. So I got Joe Montana, who's kind of like the legend of football back in the day. So I got him, Papa John's, Pepsi was sponsoring it. And it premiered right at the Super Bowl 50th anniversary. Jeez. And for me, that was like a huge thing coming from a – film school dropout just oh doing youtube God. videos and now i get a direct like a nationwide television commercial that's playing at the super bowl um and it's just like looking for inspiration taking those ideas and making it my own so much respect dude that is amazing i feel like you make it sound really simple when you say i go on the internet for inspiration but i feel like we all know that how easy it is to just look at one TikTok and then just get stuck in that hole for like six hours so I think let's talk about that. How do you stay disciplined and focused when you are, say, looking for inspiration on the internet? Because I feel like this happens to me too, right? Like I'll watch something and it just like hits me and I'm like, oh my God, like I can do this like in my own way and that's gonna be amazing. Yeah. But when, how to, okay, let's talk about this, the social dilemma, right? Like I, hopefully you've seen it. Yep. So, so what's your take on it? I have my own like, you know, opinion on this, but. Obviously, I feel like it is just not true in 2020 to say I'm putting away my phone for life. I'm not using it for social media. I think that just can't happen. So have you figured out have you figured out a technique to just be disciplined? And how do you use it? Like, I'm honestly, my technique has been I am sick of social media now because I've been doing it for 10 years straight. So I was used to be posting like crazy on Instagram and I'm honestly kind of burned out. So I've kind of like slowed down where I'm posting like once every other week and they're not getting crazy amount of likes and this or that. It's more for myself more mm -hmm. than anything, honestly. Um, so I think that's how I've coped with it is just from doing it for so long that I was like getting jaded by it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take some time off Instagram and I'll post every so often and then I'll even be on a platform not like I used to be, even mm -hmm. though it my, my job relies on it like that's how i make my living right but it's just figuring out balance because at the same time it's like i'm not super excited about that but it is a good place for inspiration right. um i've kind of our creations that we've done have come from instagram from youtube from right. from facebook that's crazy dude and and i couldn't agree more i feel like um 
I, I can totally see it. Like getting to a point where you're just kind of like, all right, dude, I got to figure out a way to kind of just like either prepare. Like I'm, I'm at a phase where I'm just like, I take Sunday, I create posts for the whole week because waking up every morning and the first thing is to come up with a post per day takes so much of my mental energy yeah. in the first half of the day that afterwards I'm kind of spent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then I'm performing at like 60%. Um, so I feel like that is important to kind of figure that out. All right. I think we're coming to an end. So we're going to start wrapping it up. Somebody asked, like, now I'm going to go through some questions too. So somebody asked, Hey, Devin, like what kind of camera gear would you recommend for somebody that's starting out today? Kind of like a shoestring budget. Yeah. So I would say whatever camera you can get your hands on. I, I know that's like a kind of a generic answer, but if you have access to an iPhone, like I think the iPhone is incredible. Um, for creating now, especially if you have the iPhone 11, where it has like different um, camera lenses hooked to it. Um, I think it looks incredible. You're filming in 4K. Um, but whatever camera you can get your hands on, there's been times where my second camera, I'm filming on a red, and my second camera, this is my earlier days, I, I was using an iPhone 4 <laughs> up YouTube, and no one ever once commented and saying you use two different types of cameras. Like they cut good enough for YouTube. Um, so honestly, it's just whatever access, whatever camera you have, use that. That's kind of unreal. And dude, it's so crazy because my older brother is kind of like I told you, you know, like he he's now making videos about uh, IT and stuff for YouTube. And uh, he went the webcam route and he's like, I hate it. Now, this guy is so such a noob when it comes to filmmaking that huh? he straight up asked me. He's like, hey, I've seen like you add this blur in the background to your videos. He's like, what is going on? Like, are you doing that like frame by frame? And I'm like, no, dude, this is a lens, you know, <laughs> like I'm using a lens that does that. So he is using his iPhone, but he got so resourceful that he ended up getting Filmic Pro, putting a, you know, log on it. And then he has like, uh, uh, I didn't even know that that existed. He got a Filmic Pro on his iPad using it as a wireless monitor to like see oh. what his phone is. I didn't even know that you can do that. So he, he had his phone tethered to his freaking iPad looking at what he's seeing. So I'm like, I'm so like proud of him, you know, because I'm like yeah. so many people in my industry make up so many excuses. And here's a guy who's married, got a freaking newborn, like has all these things going on, doing like is a, on a director level, you know, in IT. And he just figures it out and he's putting out content, you know? So ultimately it's all about taking out those frictions. If you really do commit to it, I feel like you can just attack it. And that goes back to what you did with like Assassin's Creed, like those days, like, you know, where you just wanted to do it. So you just made it happen. No, 100%. And I mean, we even challenged ourselves a couple months ago where, okay, everyone on our team, you have to direct and shoot a project and narrative on an iPhone. Just because I wanted us to push ourselves. So, I mean, one of the, our best resources, we jumped on YouTube and looked up top tips filming with an iPhone. And we learned so many things. Like, that's why I downloaded the Filmic Pro, like you just mentioned, was because other people had suggested it. So just jumping on social media and seeing what other people have done right. with those resources, like Googling it. And then you learn so much just from what other people have done in the past. Yep. Dude, let's take this question. So, you know, basically she's saying, is trying new things or ideas in videos or photography is wrong or are we sticking with, should we stick with the rules? What do you think? Yes, me personally, what I would suggest is first understand what the basic rules of capturing, like, hey, the rule of thirds, this mm -hmm. is like the proper exposure, why you shoot this frame rate. But once you kind of understand why you do certain things, then I think it's amazing whenever you can break the rules and actually have a reason for it. But like generally speaking, like learn rule of thirds, but then do shots where they're completely center um, and just to spice things up and learn from that. But first learn the rules of what I suggest and then break the rules and, and learn and become better through that process. I, I believe in that too, because I feel like you, once you know the rules, you can even actually have a spine to even defend your breaking the rules. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you actually can justify it, like why you're doing what you're doing. Um, so for that reason, I will have to agree with you. So this question is for you. Go for it. Devin, how do I make filmmaking my full-time career? So definitely don't just quit your job. I would never suggest that. Um, one of the things I found out while I was going to college is I was constantly filming like wedding videos, whatever I could do to pay the bills 
bills with filmmaking. And then it was an easier transition when I was dropping out of college. I still was doing like wedding photography and stuff like that. Um, I feel another huge thing as well is surround yourself with incredibly talented people in the department you want to be in. So if you know of any filmmakers in your local area, reach out and say, I would be willing, I would love to do whatever I can for you for free and learn from them. But the more professionals you can surround yourself with, even if you're not getting paid, you're going to have far more advantage to actually learn from them and get a position or a job in that field. Okay, this is, dude, unbelievable answer. And I'm always like a huge fan of like telling people that, hey, you want leverage when you're first starting out, work for free. You got the yep. leverage because they can't fire you. And if they fire you, like you're not losing anything anyways. And you get to pick and choose if you're working for free. That was one of the things that I did. I still to this day do. Like, you know, I'll, I'll somebody will hit me up and they're like, hey, how much for uh, color grading a music video? They give me a number that doesn't sit well with me. I'm like, how about you keep your money? You give me access to your footage and in writing yep. that I can use this for my master class and I can use it for my tutorials and oh. stuff like that. And they're like, okay, done. And I'm like, hell yeah, now I got my hands on this like crazy footage and I can pass it on to people so they can actually get ready for the real world when they get real music videos. Like this is what, you know, you're going to be 100%. working with. And it's just about reaching out. Like I said, like honestly, when I, before I even started going to film school, I, I wrote to the, the, the college and said, I would love to know the best cinematographer that goes to this school. If there's a way I can get his contact. They sent me his email. I reached out to him and said, hey, I would love to do everything I can for free for you. He responded saying, just bring me a king size Snickers and you can work for free for me. So I got up the next day, gave him a king size Snickers. And then I worked for him for a year, but he was the best cinematographer like in the area. And I learned so much about cinematography from him. And then once he had paid opportunities, he would pay me to go on set and help them. So it was just cool seeing that transition for me as well. Dude, this is so smart. I mean, you basically skyrocketed your learning process because if you would have done it any other way it would have taken you freaking five six seven years to get to that you know and that's that's the thing that people don't understand about free there there's different kinds of free uh there's those where i got jobs from craigslist that were like 100 bucks and it ended up taking me four days of editing i don't know what the hell i was thinking but then that is the kind of stuff you don't want to do it's not going to yep. end up on your reel or whatever but i mean if it is something that you know people that you believe in and if you have the opportunity to become their go-to person then it's worth every single penny now let's end it with i want to I want to ask you about mindset because you did talk about like, you know, like haters, right? Like even, even somebody established as you with your new channel, getting all that hate and it, it's bringing you down. So it's like, you know, at times, and I want to talk about like, as a filmmaker, you know, we are kind of sensitive being right compared to like somebody who's just a freaking, you know, accountant, like is all by the numbers. Like, you know, they're, they're just like really logical, like, you know, driven with logic and all that. So, how do you find that balance? I'm trying to think of like the right way to answer it because it is a constant struggle. Uh, I mean, this isn't probably the answer you want to hear, but I know for me, when I have like the worst day from mean comments, I'll go home and I have a son who's 10 months old. I go home and I see him smile. Everything else doesn't matter. Um, so for me, that's been super helpful, but more than anything, is just remembering that I love creating movies and why am I doing it to begin with? Well, I love telling stories. I love it when I can see our videos inspire other people. So sometimes I'll go to the comments where I know they were really positive and just read those positive comments and I'll save some of them, like screenshot. I'm like, yeah. okay, this is the reason I do it. Like I've gotten, I got one email from a guy saying, I was gonna commit suicide in my life, but then I realized what I'd be missing. So I went to your channel and I started watching one video after another. And he said, from seeing those, I realized everything I was going to be missing. And because of your videos, Jesus. you're the reason I'm alive today. And that guy was from Morocco. Like I've never met him, I probably never will. But I always go back to that email when I'm feeling discouraged because I'm like, hey, this is the reason why I create what I do. Um, so just going to the positive memories and, and going off of that. But for me, it definitely inspires me. Like. I love what I do. Like I will be doing it. I will never retire because yes. I love it. Yes. Um, it's, just, it's just, it's been a fun up and down 100%. But I think those are the things I get the most excited about are the things that are scary and the things that are challenging. Cause I've already shot 200, 300 videos of people doing stunts over and over. So now I'm trying to do things that push me more right. and that really scare me, terrify me. Cause that's what gets me excited now.
Right, it's all about the adrenaline for us, man. We're junkies. Well, unlike you, in contrast, I have an 18-year-old, and the, the it's it's an opposite thing. Like, you know, when I go home, and I'm bummed, and I'm like, all right, buddy, let's play FIFA. He kicks my ass so bad. It's like 6 to 1, and I'm just like, all right, dude, now I feel worse than where I started. Brother, thank you so much for taking the time, guys. Devin Supertramp is the handle on Instagram, and you type in Devin on YouTube. He's going to be the first person popping up there. Uh, go subscribe to him. Go follow him. Thank you so much, brother, for taking the time. You're a freaking gem, dude. Epic. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. I'll see you guys later. All right, Over brother. Right now. Peace. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining. This was epic. Love each and every one of you. Hopefully, this was helpful. Until next time, peace. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends, subscribe to this channel, and I will see you in the next episode.